News Talk Breakfast with Kira Kelly and Shane Coleman. In association with AIR on News Talk. Now, the first meeting for the Department of Health's Productivity and Savings Task Force will take place later on today. And for more on this, I'm joined now by Minister for Health, Stephen Donnelly. Um, first up, Minister, good morning to you. Can you let us know what, what is this task force supposed to be doing? Good morning, Kira. Yeah, the goal, as you'll be aware, we've discussed this many times. The ultimate goal is for everyone to be able to get the care that they need when they need it. Universal health care. That's the journey we're on. There's been a lot of good progress. We were able to report wait, an important fall in waiting lists last year. The trolley numbers are down. New services are being rolled out. So we're, we're moving in the right direction. And the Productivity Task Force, which is meeting today, essentially is the next step on this, um, on this journey. The, the approach we've taken from day one is we have to do two things. We have to do capacity and reform. And you hear a lot of calls for more beds, more nurses, more doctors, more theatres, which is all correct. What we probably hear less about is we also have to have a really serious agenda of reform. So in terms of capacity, we've added over a thousand beds. We've added over 25,000 additional healthcare workers, thousands more nurses, doctors, midwives, uh, health and social care professionals. But at the same time, we've been working on a reform agenda. So the public-only consultant contract, advanced practice for nursing and midwifery and health and social care professionals, moving from a five-day system to a seven-day service for patients. The, how the close are nursing we, how close are we to framework. that, Minister? Well, we're making good progress. So I was delighted to be able to report just a few days ago that uh, over 1,500 consultants have now signed up to the new uh, to the new consultant-only contract, or public-only contract. We've added over a 1,000, or sorry, j- just about a 1,000 consultants since the start of 2020. And what we're now seeing, we're seeing the reports from HICWA beginning to come back and referencing the fact uh, that weekend discharge in hospitals is going up, that uh, senior decision-makers are on site for scheduled and unscheduled care. And the result of that, of course, is the waiting lists are falling, the trolleys are falling. So there's a way to go. It takes several years, obviously. It's a massive change to go from five days a week to seven days a week. Uh, The safe staffing framework is having an effect. We are rolling out new surgical hubs for elective care. So there's a lot of reform going on. um, But one area where I think there is a lot more to be done is in this area of productivity and savings. This is what I was going to ask you. From my read of this, expenditure on acute care and acute activity in the health service has gone up by about 80% in the last few years. And we haven't seen anything like an increase in attendances of 80% or a drop in waiting lists of 80%. So, so are we basically pumping money into the health service and we're not getting value for it? We are getting value for it, but we can get more value for it. So the what we've found is that in the hospitals, as you say, there's been about an 80% increase in the money going in over the past four years or seven years. That's obviously a big, big increase. We have not seen an increase of, of, of the same amount in the volume of patient care being delivered. Now, some of that is understandable. Some of that is inflation, pay increases. We've rolled out a lot of new services. So over the last three years, we've hired uh, about 3,000 more people into primary care teams. These are new services. 
uh, they cost more money. Part of it okay. is because because modern treatment, modern medicines, more advanced treatments, it costs more money. So some of it is perfectly explainable. Some of it but is some that, of but it you isn't. yourself said last week that, that hospitals aren't doing enough to manage patient flow through them. So you clearly feel that productivity is an issue and that working practices are an issue and that, that staff and hospitals could do more. It's very clear that there are there are there is excellence in many different parts of this parts of the service. You know, we we are seeing um, innovation and high levels of productivity with different clinical teams in different hospitals, but we're not seeing it consistently. And so, when we look at uh, productivity, for example, the number of outpatient appointments being done per consultant in a hospital pretty straightforward. You would think as you double the number of consultants, you double the number of outpatient appointments that are done. And what we're seeing is that in some hospitals and in some clinical teams, that is the case, but in others, it isn't. I also think there are big opportunities around getting more out of our medicines budget, for example. We spend 3.2 billion okay. euro on our drugs budget. A 1% Minister, this, this saving. sounds very, to be with respect, very RTE-ish, yeah. that, there's, that there's literally no value for money. I mean, we're looking at another round of public sector pay talks and, and a, a, presumably a, a public sector pay agreement. So there will be increased cost to the health service because people are going to get a pay rise. But it's not it's not translating into patients getting better outcomes, quicker access or those kinds of things. What are you actually going to do with this task force? Will, will there be accountability? Will there be things imposed on, on healthcare workers? There's a lot of different things. So the task force critically is going to be chaired by both the chief executive, HSC, and my secretary general. It's going to report into me and we'll be getting monthly reports. Let me give you an idea of the things that I'm I'm instructing the task force to look at. Uh, the drugs budget. For every 1% savings in the drugs budget, we free up about €30 million Euro for new medicines. A reduction in the use of agency staff. It's much more effective to hire full-time people than to have agency staff or to rely on overtime. Reductions in litigation payments. The state pays out vast amounts of money on litigation, whereby which we should be avoiding uh, by identifying the patient safety issues and fixing those issues. I believe there's a lot more we can get out of the existing capacity we have, the, the, the operating right. theatres, uh, beds, diagnostics, outpatients. So okay. this is a push to, to ensure for the, for the healthcare resources we have, more patients get seen. All right. Before I let you go, Minister, I just wanted to obviously talk to you about the issue of immigration. We've seen protests earlier in in the week in Ross Cray and Tipperary, and now there's talk that the government are going to potentially purchase a community hotel for the area. Is this what we're going to see now in the face of protests? We're going to see male asylum seekers, if somebody protests, bumped and families put in instead, or if uh, communities complain about change of use of a hotel to become an asylum centre, we're going to see governments buying them one as a SOP. Are, are you literally caving in at this point to protesters? What the government is doing is, is listening carefully. Uh, we have international ob- obligations and we have... Uh, women, children, men, families who are in some cases fleeing war, like in Ukraine and some other places. And we have people fleeing pretty horrific situations in their own countries. And we have an obligation, uh, just as the rest of the world did for us when we had to flee horrific yeah, situations. Yeah, no, absolutely. In, but in, what in I'm asking you is a, di- is a different question. I'm saying, we're seeing protests occur and then we're seeing government change what's happening. So changing what type of uh, asylum seekers are going into a community, ones that are perhaps more acceptable to that community. And indeed now in this case, potentially buying the community, perhaps buying their votes, a, a hotel. 
what we're, what we're seeing is the government listening carefully to communities. Uh, what happened in Ross Cray, I believe, should not have happened. I believe it will have been very traumatic for some very vulnerable children uh, and families who were being um, who were being brought into what essentially is their refuge and their new home. At the same time, um, communities, Ross Cray and some other communities, have uh, taken in a lot of people. There's been as and as the 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 people I've heard interviewed in Ross Cray have said, look, we've had a lot of people come in and they have been welcomed okay. and they have been integrated so into just, our community. So just in short, which, are you saying that there should be a, a dividend for communities that take uh, asylum seekers? Is that is that what you're saying? I, I think that's pretty reasonable. Yeah, I, I think if communities are taking people in, we have to look at the health services, the education services. And if you have a, a town like Ross Cray where there are no hotels left because of the amount of people that they have taken in, then I, I believe this proposal, I think, might have come from Deputy J- Jackie Cahill. I, I think I think it's I think it's the government listening and responding and saying, look, we have obligations, but we, we also have to Minister, support communities as they bring uh, people into their own communities as well. Minister for Health, Stephen Donnelly, thank you very much for joining us this morning. News Talk Breakfast with Kira Kelly and Shane Coleman. In association with AIR. Weekday mornings at 7 on News Talk.